Hello and welcome to our very first episode. We are here to talk to you guys about career discovery and we don't know what we want to do when we grow up. So we're here to talk to professionals and established careers and just see how they got interested in their fields. I'm Winston Lee. I'm Adam Avalahi. And I'm Doug Jackson. Hi, Winston. How are you? We're doing well. How are you? Good. It's good to be here with you guys. Happy to have you on. Thank you. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, gosh. Um, Well, I am... I was born, actually, in Canada, in Montreal, and my family moved to Texas, to Dallas, in 1977. And uh, after my second grade year, and then I went... We lived kind of near Richardson for a year and a half, and I went to school there at a place called Skyview Elementary, one of the few schools that has a planetarium. Uh, <laughs> elementary school, I used to walk there. We lived pretty close to it. Close to it. And then I uh, started at St. Mark's in fourth grade, and that was in, I guess, the fall of 1978, and I graduated there in 1987, and I um, went to college and law school at Duke, from 1987 to college in 91, I graduated and finished law school in 94 and moved back to Dallas. And you guys want to know the first two things I purchased when I became a lawyer and moved back to Dallas. You want, you want to know? Yes. Uh, I got a half season of Mavericks tickets. Okay. And they were terrible. <laughs> they were terrible. They had just drafted Jason Kidd, but they were terrible otherwise. And I kept those to this day. I still have them. Nice. And uh, full season now. And, uh, and then I got. You guys will appreciate this with your screen here. I got a 31-inch Mitsubishi TV that it would take all four of us to carry. It was so oh, big dude. and heavy because that's what I wanted. I wanted a really cool TV. So those are my two things I did there. And then since then, I have um, practiced and been a lawyer in Dallas now going on 28 years okay. at uh, three different firms. And, uh, and I'm a litigator or a trial lawyer, so I um, handle business disputes. Uh, in court, if they need to be resolved in court or otherwise, um, get them resolved outside of court or before they get to a trial. And most of that, that's the stuff, okay? Most importantly, I think you guys know, um, you guys know Mrs. Genender and, and you know that Jack, you know, my Jack, uh, who's a freshman at UT and you guys may know George, because who doesn't know George, right? Uh, and then uh, you guys also know Lucy, who, who's yes. a fan of all of you guys uh, in a big way. So she's in first grade at Hockaday. And uh, so those, those, are, those, are the, those are the lights of my life. So it, it, it's a treat to be with you guys. Um, uh, you, know how I, you know how much I love George, but you know, I also, what I really love, and, and you guys will know this when you get older, is you're, you're really happy when your kids are happy and you worry a lot less about your kids when they hang out with good kids. So that's why I worry less than I otherwise would about George. You guys have three reasons for that. Thank you so much. Thank you very welcome. It's true. It's true. So what does a typical day in litigation and lawyer life look like? You know, there is no typical day, but I'll give you some examples, okay? So, uh, and I'll give you an example of like one of my days looks like, like now. Okay, and it wasn't that way when I was younger. Uh, but I would, you know, I get up, I'm on email early, often even before I uh, get going. I'm on email because I have stuff coming overnight and I read and I get, 
um, emails with updates and uh, new cases and new things like that that I like to read first thing in the morning. And if there's anything for my team that I want them to be aware of, I, I shoot those out early. Everyone gives me a hard time because I shoot them emails really early in the morning, um, even before I'm up and going. Um, and then I absolutely try to work out first thing every day, 100%. I, I almost never I might miss I might miss one day a month maybe wow. uh, it's like that that's my number one way and I know you guys are all um, good athletes and take great care of yourselves it's the number one way that I can pay myself first every day so I yes. do that and then I get going and um, I will um, I like to go to the office even during the pandemic I like to be in my office because I like to have separation from uh, home and yeah. work and I'll be in there and I might have calls all day, 9 o'clock, 9.30, 10, 10.30. Very rarely will I have a break. Maybe I have a 30-minute break where I can kind of get some stuff done. I try to have, uh, typical times I like to go out to lunch and with either people I work with or others to kind of connect that way. And then I have calls and meetings uh, really through the day. Uh, I may have court hearings. Uh, more that we're getting back to doing some of those in person which i like there's a lot of preparation into that uh, but otherwise i have a lot of zoom meetings a lot of calls preparing for different cases or or if there's depositions which are testimony in a conference room mm -hmm. uh, coming up uh, things like that and then um, after work whatever that might be say i finish in the office at you know 5 five thirty-six, somewhere in there I might have a meeting afterwards to connect with someone on work or to network um, or come home. Um, and this time of year, you know, a lot of sporting events that I, I, I don't miss if I'm in town, as you guys probably guess, having watched you guys play sports for much of your lives. Um, and then um, I, if I don't have something going on that evening, I usually kind of get back on, online in the evening uh, to catch up on stuff that I have to do because what I just described mm. is a day when I'm on the phone a bunch or in meetings a bunch, mm. but I don't have a ton of time to actually do work yes. or to review work that's been given to me by people on my team. Mm. So it's a very time-consuming day. Uh, the one thing I try to do, and yesterday was not a good example, but on Fridays, I really don't like to work late on Fridays at all. Mm. If, like if I'm working into past four or five o'clock on Friday, I feel like I'm not doing something right. That's just kind of my deal. Mm -hmm. um, yesterday, uh, I kind of stopped around then, but uh, I didn't go to the Mavs game last night, which I'm kicking myself for <laughs> because it was a great game, but it didn't start till 920 and there was a delay and, and it went till 1215 and I was the only one up watching at the end of the game. But that delay, I got so much. I actually got my laptop out during the delay, and I got so much stuff done. Like a lot of my stuff I needed to do over the weekend, so I feel really good today. So you guys got me on a good day. <laughs> so so to, it's a rambling answer, guys, but but really, um, there are no two, no two days uh, that are like, I like to meet with, I, I have a group of 12 lawyers in, uh, in my litigation group that I manage, and we're part of a much larger group through my firm in different offices. My firm's headquartered in New York. And I, I might be on different calls internally or meetings. I like to literally see people as much as I can and check in. Uh, we might have, uh, you know, um, they, uh, I, interact, I like to have cases where I'm interacting with each of the lawyers in my group one-on-one -on -one weekly. Um, 
So it's a lot. I mean, it, it's a very time-consuming job, as you guys probably know. Yeah. Lawyers, we charge by the amount of time we spend on something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I keep a timesheet, and, and you know, Jack and George crack up when I tell them this. I keep a timesheet for how much time I spend on something mm-hmm. every day for 28 years. Right. I mean, like I literally would tell you how much time I spent on eight different things yesterday whether it's charged to a client or it could be um, internal. It could be something like a, a business meeting to go on a prospective case. That would be business development. That's an internal number. It could be recruiting. If I'm talking to law students, I had a deal yesterday where I was talking to law students for that. It could be um, community service. It could be um, you know St. Mark's work that I do for the alumni or for the board, things like that. So you just keep track of all that time. So it's a really... Yeah. Different way to work, right? Yeah. It's a different way to work. But the part I really like is I'm dealing with all kinds of different people. Mm. I love working with clients. Um, I don't have a business background. I studied English and political science in college, mm. which are great majors. But I learned business through practicing law because yeah. I, every client to really represent them, I had to understand their business. Yeah. So that's kind of what... I, I know I went a lot of different ways, but is that is that helpful to give you a little bit of a picture? Yeah, yeah. So, so do you think that this like timesheet kind of keeps you accountable and <laughs> keeps you like keep track of like your days? And... You know, it, my calendar keeps track of my day, and I actually keep my time, Winston, on my calendar because I convert all my appointments into how much time I spent, yeah. and then my assistant goes into my calendar when I'm done because I write the descriptions and the entries of what I did mm-hmm. and some clients want to know like they don't want to know that you spent an hour they want to know like how what you did specifically yeah, broken yeah. down by increments within the hour some clients wow. thank goodness you can just describe the things you did and say how much time you spent totally in total um, I think it kind of does but I also would tell you there's times where I might get more done on a Saturday between 9 and 11.30 in the morning, mm. I feel like, uh, yeah. than I might in a day when I actually work three times more. Yeah. Because that Saturday time, I'm actually like just jamming. Or the evening, the time I talked about like in the evenings, mm. I'm jamming. No one's, generally no one's calling me. Generally no one's interrupting me. I can get a whole bunch of stuff done and just knock it all out. Yeah. And as opposed to being during the day when it's kind of like, you go from this to this to this to this this, and you don't have time to breathe. Yeah. Kind of like one of y'all's days, probably more so with the old schedule, mm-hmm. when you went class, 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 mm-hmm. and then you went activity, 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 and then you get home at 6.30 and you're like, or 7 or later, and you're like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. Where, where, where do I even start? Yeah. That It's a little bit of that feeling. And my guess is you guys probably have a little bit less of that now with your day being spaced out maybe a little bit. I don't know. You, you guys, I'm not, I'm not here to interview you guys <laughs> about, about the new schedule. So, so being that you have to like, um, like increment your time, have you always, like you have to be pretty organized. Have you always been that organized, like in high school and stuff? Or have that, you learned to become more organized? Adam, that's a great question. I do not consider myself a terribly organized person. I do think that that sort of stuff keeps me structured. Yeah. I also think the people I work with keep me help keep me structured in a really good way. They know um, my team members know like the best way to keep me organized is to give me materials to look at, um, 
if I'm inundated, give it to me printed out so I can put it in my stack and I can read it in hard copy. Or they know I don't want big binders, I want little binders with info in it, what I have to read, um, that sort of thing. Um, was I really organized in high school? You know, I kind of was, actually. I didn't realize it, but I kind of was. We didn't have computers, mm -hmm. so everything was heavy books and notebooks and notes and all that. Um, I had, I developed, I wouldn't say I had, I developed by the time I was in 10th grade, 10th grade, I developed really good study habits mm -hmm. because I had an incredible teacher, my English teacher in 10th grade, took me under his wing and allowed me to become a good student. And really, I, he motivated me. And I used that for my other classes. And then 11th grade and 12th grade, things were much smoother. I didn't realize that I had great study habits until I was in college. Mm. And I roomed with my sophomore year, I roomed with two guys who are still really close friends of mine. I'm actually going to see one of them on Monday. Um, he lives in Philadelphia. Uh, and one night we were in a, a room half the size of the Winston of your dad's study that we're in here. I mean, half the size and three of us lived in it, okay? One room, three desks, three dressers, bunk beds, the whole deal. And I'm like laying down, I, I'm getting ready to go to bed and I hear my, one of my roommates out in the hallway talking to someone and saying something. And when he, my, friend, my roommate said, my roommate's really smart. He was, went to DC, went to some, you know, Georgetown Day or Georgetown Prep, one of these really good schools mm -hmm. in D.C. He goes, hey, here's the thing about Paul. Paul has the best study habits of anyone I've ever seen. And I never thought of that. I never thought of that. Now, that's something that you guys are all going to experience when you go to college and you see other really sharp people and friends is that you have, you have mm -hmm. way better study habits and time management than you might even realize. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. So could you tell us a, a little bit more about... Um, your like career path and how you first got interested in law, like how you knew you wanted to go into that. You know, I didn't really know. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. I don't have any lawyers really in my family. Um, you know, my dad, George's grandfather's, uh, is 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 a now retired but surgeon. Um, my uncles were really doctors. My uncles were doctors. Um, and uh, my oldest brother was in, is in business. My middle brother and I went to law school at the same time. He'd, he'd worked before we went to law school. But I really thought, as, as I got in college, I had met a few lawyers. I had a job after my sophomore and junior year in college, um, working at a law firm in town. Um, you know the building with the hole in it? Yeah. That building was brand new. And I had uh, a, a job really through a St. Mark's dad. Mm. St. Mark's dad, one of a, a, a classmate of my middle brothers, who's actually younger sister was my year at Hockaday, the dad uh, hired me to be a paralegal, which is like an assistant to help yeah. on cases um, for the summer. And I did that and I got to see everything. I got to do all the, the, the ground level work. I got to work with the other paralegals, not doing the fancy work, but doing the real work. Mm -hmm. And in, and it was a real eye-opening experience. I got a little bit of a taste of it. And that I did that that summer and the next summer. That was really amazing. I will tell you it was $7.50 an hour in 1989 or 1990 mm -hmm. when I was in college. I, I, I 
I didn't know what to do with all that money, guys. I, it was amazing. It was incredible. So you know, that was like a that was like a really fancy, cool job. Um, but um, you know, when I finished college and as I got to junior senior year, I really thought about it, and then I thought, you know, if I do this and I don't want to be a lawyer, mm-hmm. going to law school is still a good use of my time because you don't have to be a lawyer if you go to law school. You can use that degree for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and um, and I really liked it. I mean, I, I I didn't love law school. I liked parts of law school. I didn't love law school as a whole. I love college. Yeah. I love everything about college. Law school is hard, and law school is a lot of tedium. Um, but there were certain parts of it I really liked, and I really liked um, the law firms that I interned at, clerked at, after my second year. I worked at two places, and, and I went to work at one instead of the other. And um, I'm still friends with the firm I with people at the firm I didn't go to, mm-hmm. and they still give me a hard time about not choosing them, um, and all that. But um, but it was a really um, it was a good decision um, for me. But um, I really uh, saw people who liked what they did, and, and like wanted to. I thought you know, gee, I want to become really good at this craft, and it's really hard, and it's really um, time consuming, and you got to put in a lot of work mm-hmm. to get to do the stuff that's really fun. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, this whole notion of deferred gratification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You gotta run, 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 you gotta practice, practice, practice till you get, you know, whether it's the Olympics or on, you know, you get 60 seconds to perform. Yeah. You know, you might work two years or three years on a case to get up and maybe you try it for, maybe the trial's for two weeks and maybe the opening statement's 30 or 45 minutes. Or maybe the key examination is 20 or 30 or 40 minutes, mm-hmm. but you're getting ready for all that. So it's kind of a, a, a fun thing there. So I developed it, but I also kind of thought, um, what's my fallback? If I don't want to be a lawyer, is this a good use of my time? Mm-hmm. And, and I knew that it, it would have been. So like, <clears throat> what aspects of law school was really hard? Like, what made it really challenging? Um, so a lot of people say the writing, legal writing is different type of writing. Mm-hmm. That didn't bother me. I was an English major. I wrote a bunch. I had to transition how I wrote mm-hmm. to being a little bit tighter, shorter, yeah. crisper sentences, um, be persuasive in a different way. But the analysis, mm-hmm. like the analysis you guys get when you're writing about whatever book you're reading yeah. or otherwise, that's sort of that. That's a skill you'd use, mm-hmm. and um, so that that didn't bother me. I found that to be really interesting, and I got really great. Uh, instruction like I turn in a five-page memo mm-hmm. and my professor would type which was unheard of then five pages of comments on it mm-hmm. and she amazing um, I think the notion of you're gonna read a case mm-hmm. and you read these opinions that are very dense unlike anything you've ever read then you have to like find out what the issue is mm-hmm. and the way you're taught generally is the Socratic method a teacher yeah. lectures mm-hmm. and then and then, Jack, it's your day to get called on. Yeah. And the teachers can be nice about it, or they can be jerks about it. Yeah. Um, generally, the teachers at, at Duke Law School were nice about it, unless you weren't prepared. Yeah. And, and, and there were a couple that, if you weren't prepared, they just would lose their mind and, and really just start embarrassing you or, or chastising you and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was kind of your day to be on the hot seat. So that method mm-hmm. is fine. Um, but also a typical law school class, particularly your first year, you mm-hmm. go to, you read, and you go to class, and you read, and you go to class, and you make outlines, and you 
try to figure out what's really important. And then you take one test and your grade is one test. And by the way, the one test is unlike any test you've ever taken before because they ask you things and they're open-ended and you just do your very best. And it's a very foreign type of thing. I don't think it's a great measure yeah. of what you know, but it is a measure. And then over the course of, you know, you do that once and then you have six semesters of law school, you figure out how to, how to, how to, how to you adjust to it like you would anything else. I just think it's a very uh, intense um, part. I enjoy the intensity of it in a sense. I don't think it really, um, I think there are parts of it that are intentionally inefficient yeah. when I look back mm -hmm. at it. When I got into classes that I was really interested in, mm. I, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Like, and not not just and not just my sports law class, which was the coolest class I ever took. And sports the law. It's wow. sports law. It was basically wow. an, it was basically an antitrust um, uh, class. Like all the stuff that's going on with Major League Baseball mm -hmm. and the Players Association, they're negotiating a new yeah. labor contract. Mm -hmm. That sort of stuff. That's cool. Wow. And it was really really cool. And the professor really created the field. Like he wrote the textbook on the law of sports and it was really 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 interesting I love that and I took anything he taught mm -hmm. um, but like I took an administrative law class which sounds awful doesn't it guys it sounds <laughs> awful but it was really interesting I mean like I actually found it to be interesting um, I'm not a tax lawyer I took, I took a tax class I thought yeah. that was kind of interesting mm -hmm. um, you know uh, so it, you know you just kind of you kind of uh, it's a job it is yeah. not college is an experience to really find uh, you know a joy of something you're interested in academically mm -hmm. while you're growing up and having amazing experiences and making great law school is a job yes. it is a job it, people that say they love it and it's fun I think they're either not telling the truth <laughs> or they're just view the world differently than I do because yeah. I did I view it as fulfilling mm -hmm. And I have great. I have some really good relationships with people I went to law school with, and I'm still in touch with some teachers, some of my professors. Yeah. Um, but I. But it's 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 a job. Like yeah. I don't have a. Like I have a warmth. For. Duke because I went to college there, I have a allegiance to the law school because it's my professional school. Yeah. It's a different type of deal. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's cool. That, that that test you were talking about is that the LSAT. No, it's not the LSAT. The LSAT is like the SAT to get in. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a that's a that's a that's that that's another test that has, I don't think has a very good predictor mm -hmm. for how successful you're going to be as a lawyer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, just as you know, there's some questions as to you guys all crush any standardized test you take, but yeah. but I don't know that the SAT is a predictor of how successful you're going to be yeah. in life. Yeah. yeah. Um, the LSAT is a really gamed up, tricky test. Mm -hmm. um, that you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what it's a predictor of. I mean, I, I also don't know. I also know people in my law school class, and I had a, I went to a small law school class. It was mm -hmm. two hundred and it wasn't much bigger. I mean, it was probably twice the size of of yeah, your class, class now. Yeah. Yeah. So two hundred people in the class, which is small. We all knew each other. We were not in a big building. Mm -hmm. um, the building is now twice as big as it was when we when we were there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the people that did the, had the highest grades, some of them were very successful, yeah. some of them not so much. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because what it doesn't do, that, that test, standardized test mm -hmm. or like any of the exams, it doesn't measure, like 
can you communicate? Yeah. Can you talk to someone? Other skills, yeah. Can you can you instill confidence? Can you communicate? Can you persuade someone mm-hmm. uh, by standing up and talking? Can you solve a problem in real life? Some classes do. If you, you know, if and if you have class, not every class had those 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 uh, exams I talked about. Some had papers and some mm-hmm. had projects or clinics or the trial advocacy classes yeah. where you got up and stand up and do all of those. Those are fun. I mean, you guys would all love those. Um, but uh. Yeah, but it, but it, it, you know the 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 way you know people learn differently, mm-hmm. and people test differently. So if you give one kind of test to everyone your first year of law school, and it really is everyone in the country, mm-hmm. it's basically a standardized first year curriculum. You take you take six, the same six classes. You take civil procedure. You take criminal law. You take contracts. You take property. Uh, you take constitutional law. Mm-hmm. You take a writing class. Almost everyone takes those six classes, um, and I may be leaving one out. But um, and then maybe that's generally most everyone's first year curriculum at any law school in the country. Mm-hmm. So you know, and I don't, and if I didn't say property, you know, you know, and and it's not those are those are kind of the basics. It's kind of like if you're medical school, everyone mm-hmm. has to take you know organic chemistry or yeah. prereqs and all that, and, mm-hmm. and just kind of those things. But I don't know that those those are like your your baseline. Those aren't really your predictors of like how successful you're gonna exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you would say like emotional intelligence rather than like your academic performance is probably a better indicator of you know not sort of. I mean you do need to do well. Mm-hmm. Okay? You need to do well. You can't like bomb these tests. Yeah. Okay? I'm talking about like the difference between the person who gets the highest grade and the person who might be in the top quarter mm-hmm. is not a huge is to me is not a massive difference when I look at and, and when I'm hiring and I look at people's law school grades whether they're I'm familiar with the school or not I'm looking at are the, all the grades like sort of okay okay because if they didn't bomb anything that counts for something yeah. did they have a really good grade in Contracts class, which to me is a really good indicator of your analytical ability. Mm-hmm. If they have a really good grade in that class and they're not so good in property, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, is it a teacher? Did they bomb one test and do well in the others? You just kind of, you, it, you know, I think that you need to have good academic performance because that kind of gets you in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's going to get you hired and really successful in life is going to be that foundation of academic performance Mm -hmm. plus the ability to instill confidence in others and have any 100% EQ 100% EQ Mm -hmm. and and the ability to talk have a conversation I mean you guys right now just talking with you guys Mm -hmm. I mean you know I'd hire you guys in a heartbeat anyone want to you guys are like engaged you look you're you you look people in the eye when you talk you're you know you're just you're engaging and, and you're you know and you're all in 11th grade I mean are you kidding me if you talk to anyone any one of my peers mm-hmm. and I tell them that I'm have three high school juniors interviewed me on a Saturday morning and like ask me better questions than I could get asked you know anywhere else yeah, yeah. That, that that that's the type of stuff that's gonna you know be your distinguishing it's gonna you know be a, an indicator of your yeah. success so, yeah so is that what you mean mean that you're looking for when you're hiring those younger yep. younger people so look Adam, you're the smiliest kid I've ever known since I've met you in what grade, fifth or sixth or seventh grade? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, all of you, 
that that that's the sort of thing is you 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 cannot teach authenticity. You yeah. can't fake authenticity, mm-hmm. and you cannot take enthusiasm and an eagerness and an, an effort. Effort. Um, so I'm looking for people who are engaging and who who kind of get it, who ask good questions. Um, you know, there's a fine line between um, you know trying to suck up. Mm-hmm. And trying to and asking really good eager being eager yeah. right you guys know what you guys know mm-hmm. how to, how that works yeah. um, and um, you guys you know live in an environment where if you're trying to if you're trying to suck up you're gonna your friends are gonna call you on it and, and bring you back down a little bit right mm-hmm. bring you down a notch yeah. but if you're trying to be eager mm-hmm. and learn you're also in an environment where people are not gonna make fun of you yeah. for wanting to be excellent at something they're not gonna call you Call you call you a nerd or something like that, and that that that's a good thing. That that's probably one of the best things you don't realize mm-hmm. um, in the environment you are in school right now yeah. is that um, you know the quarterback on the football team can be best friends with the lead in the school play, and, and vice versa, and every other combination, mm-hmm. and that there's not you know that that's a, that yeah. that's a that's a it, that there's a collective. Uh, view that people pull for each other. That mm-hmm. that's the type of stuff that will, you know, will you, you will carry forward with you, and, and, and you'll will, will show is a great template for how to be a real yeah. successful person in whatever you do. I like people that you can have a conversation with, mm-hmm. and that they're interesting. Mm-hmm. And when they list on their resume, um, you know, their interests that they're interesting things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, authentic and interesting. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, I just think that sort of stuff is 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 uh, is good, and you should all list St. Mark's on your resume. It's amazing to me. I just hired someone uh, who from NYU Law School mm-hmm. who went to Hockaday, but she didn't have Hockaday on her resume. So I said, I understand you went to Hockaday. She goes, How did you know that? I said, Because I got on LinkedIn, yeah. and it says Hockaday on yeah. LinkedIn, but not on your resume. I said, I said, Why would you not put Hockaday on your resume? I was, just, you know, and she said, Well, I didn't think anyone would. Care, I said. People would care. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. It's no, you know. It's, so it's it's an interesting thing, um, and that that that's where, you know, your all the work you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, you you you'll you'll be part of this really good network that I think will be a really great thing as you start to think about career things going yeah. forward. Okay. But, so where would you see yourself now if you didn't go the lawyer path? Oh gosh. You know, I don't know. I mean, and I don't know that I, you know, um, I really wanted, when I was growing up, I really wanted to be um, to be Lee Steinberg, the sports agent. Do you, do you all know who that is? Yeah. He's, he, he was Troy Aikman's agent, yeah. Steve Young's agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, way back then, he went to University of California, and he mm-hmm. was Steve, a guy named Steve Barkowski's agent, who yeah. was the number one pick of the draft back in the 70s as a quarterback and he's the person that the movie Jerry Maguire was about he's actually in the movie he's got a cameo in the mm-hmm. movie and um, I thought that would be a really cool thing to, to, would be to be a sports yeah, agent yeah, and I was really fascinated by it there was there was Larry Bird's agent was a lawyer named Bob Wolf mm-hmm. who wrote a great book called The Art of Persuasion mm-hmm. that I was really motivated by. I just thought that was really interesting. So some intersection of, you know, rep- being, being involved in the sports world. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I, and, and really and truly, I wanted to be the commissioner of the NBA. I really did. I, I really did. So you guys got to know, I'm, 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 I'm old. So when I was in 10th grade, that's when Michael Jordan was a rookie. And the NBA oh, was a mess. When I was, you know, I used to watch NBA Finals games. They, were on, they weren't on live TV. They were on tape delay. They, wow, Lakers, Sixers, mm-hmm. 1980. Magic Johnson, Dr. J, Kribo Jabbar was on. Not mm-hmm. on live TV. I have to stay up and watch it after the local yeah. news. And it wasn't until Magic, a few years later, that it became a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that was with when David Stern became the commissioner. He was a lawyer. I knew he was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I wanted his job yeah. badly. And, and now... Um, his mentee Adam Silver, mm-hmm. who it's great to see how respected he is by the players. He didn't look like neither one of them looked like athletes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But they all like him because he's approachable, and they're, they're, I think they're very successful. Um, I thought that that God that would be an amazing job. Yeah. Um, I've also joked that um, I would, um, as much as I love what I do now, mm-hmm. um, I would uh, drop it to be the general manager of the Mavericks. Um, that job has not been offered to me. <laughs> they just switched it last summer. I didn't get a phone call. But, uh, but I, you know, I, I really like what I do. Mm-hmm. And I like what I do because you can make anything you do mm-hmm. interesting by the people you surround yourself by and how you approach it. And I've chosen the type of work I wanted to do, even within my field, yeah. based on people I want to work with and clients I want to work with. Not necessarily what area they're in, yeah. but, but the, do I like working with them or not? And if I do, then that becomes much more fulfilling. So, I don't know what I would have done. Some, some form of business, I guess. Yeah, that's cool, that's cool. I wasn't going to be a doctor. I knew that. <laughs> I, I, you know, or, or, or chemistry was not my friend. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so, this might be a difficult question to answer. So, if you were to boil it down to one piece of advice you would give 17 year old 17 year old you what would it be um i'm gonna change your question adam to advice i'd give 17 year old you guys because you guys are like my you know you're not my kids but you're like my kids because you know i've known you for a long long time and Mm -hmm. you're close with george um the advice i would do is you know Aside from all the stuff you're going to do, which is like work hard in school and, you know, be a good person and be a good sibling and be a good son and be a good friend, okay, and all that. And aside from all that, it's to, you know, dream, have goals, and then look, seek, Mm -hmm. seek mentors, okay? Seek mentors and seek sponsors. There's a difference between mentors and sponsors, okay? I think people focus a lot on mentorship, which is someone who's going to teach you, take you under their wing, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And they don't focus as much on sponsorship, which is someone who's going to open a door for you, advocate for you, and all that. And what you guys, what I would tell you guys, and you're already doing it whether you know it or not, is to like put yourself in position with people so that they not only want to mentor you, but they want to sponsor you. And the best way to do it is to like ask. Mm-hmm. It's okay to ask. Be the best advocate, best advocate for you know for Adam Winston and Jack 
best advocate mm-hmm. is each of you for your for yourself. Not in an obnoxious way, but no one's gonna no one's gonna care more about your success than you guys would. I did not realize that when I was seventeen. Okay, I did not realize that when I was seventeen. When I was seventeen, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to, you know, get good grades, have fun on the weekends, and you know, uh, you know, win as many basketball games as I could. That was kind of what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I so I didn't have, but I also didn't have all the distractions that you guys have. Mm-hmm. You know. And, 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 you know, the phones and the computers and the online stuff. And mm-hmm. the, 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 they might seem like conveniences, but sometimes don't they feel like distractions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they feel like distractions to yeah, you guys? Yeah. They are. It can yeah. be. It's tough. So, I don't know. Is that, is that did I answer yeah, your question? Yeah, yeah. That's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. So, who knows? Yeah. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much you, for you guys talking are, to us. You guys are great. So am I really your first guest? Yes. yes. Oh my God. That's like the honor of a lifetime. Yes. You guys are great. Well, I, I look forward to uh, listening. Not on, I don't want to listen to this because I don't like the sound of my voice and I feel like I talk too much, but I want to listen to your podcast when it, goes, when it, when it comes online and uh, it'll be a treat for me to watch you guys, you know, do great things as you progress in life. Okay. So thanks a ton. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming out and speaking with us. Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right. That's a wrap. Oh, shoot.